Welcome to the Blonde Runner podcast with Coach Laura Erickson, where she shares her healthy living tips as a running and triathlon coach and mother of four. Hello, friends. Coach Laura Erickson with BlondeRunner.com, and I'm super excited to talk to you about the Ogden Marathon today. I have been a longtime ambassador for them, and there's a reason why. This is a great race. It's been around for over 20 years. Any race that's been around for that long is definitely a good race. Um, there's a lot of history with this race. Uh, the Goal Foundation puts it on, and they started with, of course, the Olympics. The Olympic Winter Games in 2002 um, ended up getting the bid for the Ogden Marathon. They were involved in Xterra as well, so they put on amazing events. They've taken this race from a smaller race to a much larger world-class race, in my opinion. Um, this Ogden Marathon has been voted best running event in Utah about by Salt Lake City Weekly. It's also one of the top 10 marathons in the world, according to Runner's World. And I can tell you why. It's one of the best courses for beginners uh, because of the beautiful scenery. It's also, you know, the home to a lot of elite athletes love to do this race too. So I love that about this race. So particularly wonderful race. Um, this race is uh, in Utah. It's the third week in May uh, annually. So um, if you're looking for a great race, this is definitely a good one. Um, they also offer a win winter running circuit. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. So I really just wanted to dig deep into the questions people ask a lot about marathons. I've been coaching for, you know, over 25 years. So a long time here with running. And these are common questions that I get, uh, especially with marathon um, training. So the first one I want to talk about is um, how are you ready for the race? How are you ready to do a marathon? I guess is the question. So for me, when people ask me, gosh, you know, I want to do a marathon when, you know, what am I capable of this? A lot of people ask. Um, I always like to ask, well, what is your race history? You know, have you done some 5Ks? Have you done some 10Ks? You know, what about a half marathon? I think it's important to build up, you know, to the race. Um, if you're a very beginner, maybe you're just starting out running, you know, give it a year uh, of running to see if you want to experience that. And I would say do the shorter races to see if you want to take on a marathon distance. But um, maybe you've been running for a while. You've done some of these uh, smaller races and you're thinking, okay, uh, how, you know, can I do this? I would give yourself six to nine months, you know, decide, hey, I want to do a marathon. And then I would do that build for a beginner uh, uh, for that. Um, a lot of people ask me, how long does it take to train for a, mar a marathon? And I think that answer really depends on you and your history and how much running you've done. Um, but for most people, I would give it, anywhere from 16 to 20 weeks. So four or five months of good training. Um, if you're a fairly experienced runner, or maybe you've done some marathons, but you really want to take it to the next level, give yourself at least 12 weeks of a really good training. Um, this race, particularly from this Saturday, it's a little over, it's 12 weeks away from this Saturday. So February 26th, it's it's 2.22 of 22 today, which is kind of lucky. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, and I would say at this point, having it 12 weeks away, are you able to do a 10K without stopping? Like six miles running without stopping or even a 60 to 90 minute run without stopping? Then you can probably get through and do a, a marathon in that time. So it isn't totally out of the picture to be able to do it from, you know, now. So 
And one, one thing I really like about this race too, is if you sign up for the marathon, let's say, and you're not quite ready, you didn't quite get the mileage in you need, you can drop down to the half. And this year they've offered a 12K distance, which I really love. I come from collegiate background and I was a 5,000 meter runner, which is a 5K. And they also have a 5K, which is really nice. So by the way, I don't want, I told you I was an ambassador for them. I didn't want to forget that I do have discount codes and I've posted them below for the half and the full. You can use the code run blonde with an E it's all caps or run blonde 5K, 12K for the shorter distances. So that, um, half and full, you can get $10 off and $5 off the shorter events. So I'll put that down below. So if you're listening, you're not sure, and that may push you to get signed up. So uh, save you a few bucks there. Spend it on good running shoes. <laughs> so one of the other things that I really like about this race is, and I mentioned it before, is they offer a winter running circuit. And the way that they do their circuit, like this Saturday will be the first 5K. You can actually still sign up for that. And that that blonde run code gets you a discount on the whole series as well, that run series. So basically, they and see, I haven't seen... There, I guess, are a few other races out there around the country that actually do these kind of a build-up races, but I really love that this race does this super well-organized. So, again, it's called the Winter Racing Circuit. They have a race um, at the end of February, always at 5K, and then in March, mid-March, they offer a 10K, and then they do a 10-miler at the end of March, and then beginning of April, they do a half marathon, and then and April, the end of April, they do a 30K. So it builds you up for this particular event. So I really love that they offer that too. So if you really want to, you know, find a way to build up these mileage and not have to be out alone on your longer run, then that is a good way. Um, but I would say too, you have to determine how you want to race that. Do you want to race it at full speed? Do you want to race it at marathon pacing? Especially for that uh, 30K, which is 18 over 18 miles, you may want to do that at marathon pacing, especially if you're fairly new. Pacing is the one thing most people screw up on when it comes to marathoning. They think, oh, I feel so good, and then they push it too hard the first half, and then they end up dying. For a marathon, marathons, in my opinion, don't really start till mile 20. I mean, you get through the beginning, and usually you're going a fairly easy pace, very aerobic. But when you start getting to mile 20 or 18 is when it starts getting really challenging. 22, that's really when all your hard work is going to be tested. And also your mental, you know, have you have you worked on the mental part of this? And we'll talk about that a little bit more. So it's how, how long does it take to train? Minimum of 12 weeks if you're, if you're you know, an experienced runner, I would say, or, or maybe even an experienced beginner going to, you know, build up for that. So really the focus to your marathon training needs to be that last 12 weeks. So from now on till May, you need to really be focusing on your training. Um, now the question is, people ask me, well, how do I train? You know, obviously, you know, you need to run and you know, you know, you need miles. You know, there are a lot of training programs you can find online. They're pretty generic, but I would say I at least do that at least have structure from somebody that those are usually designed from somebody that has raced one or done some before they're better certainly better online programs than others and if, if you can afford a coach I highly suggest that because sometimes when you're training you can't you're tired you can't see the forest for the trees you don't understand when you need to take a rest you don't understand when to push through pain uh, and a coach can help you with that. Of course, I coach. I do offer group training programs as well as online training. So certainly reach out to me or I can point you in the right direction in your area. I know a lot of coaches as well. So, you know, everyone is different. So what might work for you might not work for someone else. 
you know, for me, my first race, I qualified for Boston, my first marathon. And I, my mileage was at 25 miles a week. Now that's low mileage for a lot of people, but that was what my body did well. I did well at lower mileage because I was really, um, I knew exactly what I was doing each workout. And, um, I, I think everybody is different. Some people need a lot of mileage and they do better with that. So you just, you know, the biggest thing with any of this training is you have to have a plan. A good race is a well-executed plan. So designing a plan, um, one of my pet peeves, I think, with this marathon training and racing is that people say, you know, I ask them, oh, it's your first marathon. Well, what are you, what are you aiming for? What's your time? And they're like, oh, just to finish. I think that's an amazing goal. However, I think it's better to figure out what pacing that you want to go. Like, how do you know what, what pace you should go, how long you're going to be out there, what your nutrition strategy is? You know, you don't even have to be competitive. And, you know, that should be determined by your training. So having a goal, setting things like that, you know, finish goal is always amazing. But it's nice to have a ballpark idea, you know, worst case scenario race time and best case scenario. Then you can gauge yourself on pacing because if you have no idea, you most likely will go out too fast. And then you're really going to be suffering. And I've seen people not be able to finish races because they've um, done their nutrition poorly. Now, one thing I want to touch on when it comes to nutrition um, is well, what's super important, more important than people often understand. You have to practice your nutrition in your training, and particularly in your long runs. Anything over six miles, I say, you be taking nutrition. And we'll talk about a little bit more about their um, what they have on the course and how to do your intervals with that stuff. But I did want to talk about training a little bit more. Um, one of the things that I see mistakes, I guess I see, or questions I get about training is this race is, has, you know, quite a bit of decline. And so if you don't train on uh, that, you're not going to be able, your body isn't going to adapt to it well. It is, it is sometimes harder than the uphill. So I think you need to consider that. Yes, it's faster. So there's always, especially if it's faster at the beginning with this race, there's a little bit of that. And then when you get to the half, um, you know, when you have 13 miles left, you've got quite a bit of decline. And if you push that 10 miles uh, downhill too hard, then you've got, three, you know, some miles left that's kind of a struggle. So you got to be careful there and know when to bank. Uh, we did have somebody ask a question on uh, banking time uh, in the beginning and, and how do you want to do that. And so we'll be talking about that a little more. But in terms of training, you know, if you find an online program, what you're looking for to make sure it's right for you is, is there a long run? One. And does it allow you to vary your pacing? Is it, a lot of people make the mistake of, you know, you definitely want to build your mileage, but you also want to do other things in your training. You want to vary your pace. You want to make sure you're on different terrain, obviously up and down, doing hills. Even this, this is downhill, some of the uphill will help build your strength too. So doing uphill work is going to be great. Um, I'm a huge fan of kind of, I have an eclectic approach to training and I am a triathlete. And I'm a big believer, even some of my marathon runners have done better marathon times um, incorporating cross-training. So I'm a big believer in making sure you get some cross-training in there. You know, swimming, that cold water can help your legs recover from a long run. Or cycling can help you work on cadence. And uh, cadence is something that I have a lot of my athletes working on in, in their workouts too, in training. So definitely make sure that training program has a long run. That's going to be your key. Do not miss it. Now, if you're on a schedule and you miss something, that doesn't mean let's combine it with another workout and make it up. You can't do that. If you miss something in a training with a training plan, 
just forget about it and move on and stay on schedule. I think that's really important unless you're working with a coach like me that can customize and like fix something if you're missing something or if you get hurt or something needs to be adapted, then certainly that can be adapted by someone that, you know, knows what they're doing, I would say. Um, so make sure that you've got something that varies, you know, has a long run that works on maybe you're working on some pacing runs like a tempo run. Maybe you're doing some some speed work in there, some fart look training, um, maybe. And another thing I highly encourage, and this is neglected so often, you know, when you do marathon training, you get tired and you often, you know, neglect different parts of your training. Obviously the training is a very important part, but also recovery is just as important. Too many times we don't get enough rest. We're not eating well. We're justifying more calories because we're running so much longer or we're just tired and we don't want to battle it. We'll just eat whatever we're so hungry, you know? So being careful with that as well. Um, another thing that's neglected often is core strength. Um, doing enough strength training or plyometrics or things like that. You need to keep the muscles strong, the, the, the tendons, everything like that. That's going to be, you need to keep it strong. So, on my um, Instagram at the blonde runner, I do have a video on core strength. You can certainly message me if you want me to send you that link. But if you're not sure where to get started, it is a basic starter, and I think it's a really good. You should definitely be doing that every other day if you can. Just like with your run training, especially if you're a beginner, you're not even if you're a beginner for for a marathon, you're not going to run every single day. You're going to alternate now. I like to talk about this a little bit. You know, when you start doing a marathon, like, you know, you're kind of hardcore, right? Um, you watch other people that do it. Maybe they've been doing it a lot and for a long time. And if you watch their training too hard, sometimes you can get what I like to call Strava envy, where you're watching everything that they're doing and you're trying to mimic it. And you're thinking, oh, I want to do as much as they're doing. But remember, you know, you're getting started and that can be dangerous doing more than you should. So, if you're a beginner, you want you don't want to run every single day. You want to alternate, and then you can do cross-training on those other days. Um, I'm a big advocate for taking a full recovery rest day a week, too, because that's my day to work on the mental stuff that comes with racing. Um, it's my day to give my body a full, full recovery. Um, that doesn't mean I don't do anything. Sometimes I'll go on a walk. I'll stretch. I'll do compression, I'll um, massage, those kind of things are very good for recovery. So yes, the, the workouts are super important, but what you do on the time between the workouts is also very important. You know, making sure you're getting off your legs, using the compression socks, those kind of things are going to be very, very beneficial for you. Um, and they're neglected. Too many times we just think about the hard work, but if you, you know, another thing I want to touch on is injury prevention. Of course, the core strength does that, making sure we have a good training plan that builds up. Um, if you're not sure if you're building up properly, I do have a video on my YouTube talking about the 10% rule. And if you've never heard of that, you'll want to go check that out. My, um, YouTube account is the blonde runner, but definitely go over there and check it out. Um, all right, let's get, before we move on, we'll go back to some of these things, but I definitely wanted to talk about this Ogden Marathon particularly. So one of the things I always like to do, of course, for my athletes is I train them for particular races. So um, I love that we're talking about a particular race for this. And this, you could do the same thing for any race that you're training for. Obviously, you want to look at the website. One, um, you want to make sure that, it, is it a road race? Is it a trail race? This is a road race. So that's going to determine what kind of shoes you're wearing. Obviously, never running in dead shoes is a good thing. 
Um, and then usually if it's a good race, they'll actually have an elevation profile. And if you go on the Ogden Marathon, ogdenmarathon.com, you'll see that there is quite a bit of decline on this, uh, this race. So, you know, starting at 5,200 feet and then going down to, you know, 4,200, you've got some decline there. There's a little tiny bit of uphill here or there, but for the most part, this is a downhill race. Um, so that kind of begs the question of, gosh, how do I how do I pace for this? Um, we had a great question. Um, we've had several questions. The one was a question by Allie from North Carolina. She asked several questions. One is, I've been studying the course. Is this one where you should bank time in the beginning? You know, uh, so let's talk about that. Um, yes and no. Uh, one, and then her other question was, should I eat, um, um, shoot for even splits? And I would say, not necessarily even splits, but an even effort. I think, I'm not sure if, if uh, Allie, if you're listening, if you're using a heart rate monitor, but if you are, that's one way that you can measure that you're, you know, you don't want to overexert. You don't want to have these spikes in your heart rate really soon in the race because that will bite you later. You don't want that. And sometimes you do, you do bank some time. It, time it is, honestly, the whole thing, a lot of it is downhill. So you should be able to figure out what should your pace be on a downhill. And if any inclines are in there, the key is keeping that heart rate kind of in, in a range zone that's safe for you, that's good for you, that's not going to like make that heart rate spike. Um, even when I do my racing and I evaluate even athletes, I make sure that that heart rate stays steady, even on the incline. So uh, another thing that we need to think about is how efficiently you're running. Uh, so I'm a big believer in, I do offer running form analysis uh so you can see, you know, I can give you feedback on how I do it actually online or in person. But if you're not running as efficiently as you could be, you'll find that if your heart rate will stay the same and you can run a lot more efficient, a lot faster at the same heart rate, if you're running, if you're, you know, doing, utilizing all the things that make you a faster runner in terms of efficiency. So, you know, how's your gait? How's your lean? How's, you know, where's your, where, what are your arms doing? What are your, you know, feet doing, are we heel striking or a midfoot? All those things are going to be something that makes that baseline, you know, speed that you're trying, that pace uh, better. So kind of consider that. So I hope that answers your question. If you, if we want to talk about that more, we can certainly do that. Um, another thing I want to talk about, so definitely looking at the elevation profile. Another thing that helps is also looking at, um, what are they serving on course? So let's talk about nutrition a little bit, and then we'll go into a little bit more on the pacing on that. But again, like I mentioned before, nutrition is super important to practice and training. Now with this, I always like to go on their website and see what is this race serving? This race particularly is going to be serving Cliff Gels, Gatorade, water, and fruit. So, and what's great, it's like I said, a well-organized race. They even tell you the intervals they're going to be serving what. So you've got aid stations at 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, 13, 14, 15 and a half, 17, 18 and a half, 20, 21 and a half, 23, 24, 25. And you don't have to memorize that, of course. It's online, so you can see that. The fruit is not available to 7. Cliff shots are available at 5. So one of the tricks that I like to use is if obviously training with that product and making sure that you know how your body is going to respond to it. I also like to utilize those intervals on my long run. So if I know I'm going to see an aid station at mile three, 
in my training, I'm going to start getting used to taking something at three. Now, when you race, you might not, I, I wouldn't recommend you don't, not with this race, you don't need a backpack or anything unless you have issues and you need to work through that. But if you know, you, you should have all the support that you need on course. You shouldn't have to carry anything. But when you're, you're training, you may want to set bottles out at intervals or carry a back water backpack or um, water waist belt or something like that. But do practice with the product. So at mile five, I would be taking a, a cliff shot. I would actually take that brand and get used to it. Um, there are different flavors, I will say. So maybe get, if you, maybe if you have a particular flavor you want, bring your own gel. <laughs> Women, we're lucky. We have a pocket right in our bra, but men, you might have to bring, you know, have a shorts that have pockets or whatever. You can certainly bring your own stuff, but definitely practice that nutrition during. And I actually have a YouTube clip on um, racing nutrition. It talks about Ironman racing nutrition as well. I highly encourage you to listen to that because it's, it's a little longer and we could go into this for like ever. This could be its own podcast and it probably will be in the future, but definitely practice it. Another mistake I see people making is not taking anything at the first aid stations. They wait till like mile nine or something and it's too late. You, the nutrition you get at the beginning of the race helps you at the end of the race. I remember tra- uh, pacing one runner in, on a marathon once and um, we, I talked them through the whole thing. You know, we told, told them how much water. Sometimes I have, you know, making sure we're eating right before the race and then we have water during and then when to have what. So practice that. You might find out what kind of fruit that you I think bananas are great. Usually people don't have problems with that. Sometimes they have oranges and that's not a problem. But you have to just determine what works for you. Okay, I do want to talk about pacing a little bit more. So like I said before, I think it's a great goal to finish, but I think it's better if you can figure out what your marathon pace might be and then work on that and then have, you know, obviously have that goal through your race. And then you know, hey, I'm not I'm not pushing it too hard at the beginning. One of the ways that you can determine what your marathon pace should be is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Bart Yazzo, but um, Yazzo 800s are kind of a, a staple, I think, in marathon training for a lot of runners. It's been around forever, but the way that this works, it's pretty much a classic, is you determine your pace by, you know, maybe set a goal. Kind of, You're going to have to take a stab at it and, and just guess. Maybe if you want to do a 3.30 marathon, what you do is you go to the track, after a good warm-up, you do, which a good warm-up is a couple couple laps, stretch it out, do a dynamic stretching. I have a video on that too if you're interested. Um, and then do your 800 at a 330 pace with a 400 jog in between. And do, you want to build up to doing 10 of those, but maybe the first time you do four. Can you hold a 330 for four of them with a one lap jog, not walk, but jog between? Um, and if that's hard for you to hold, then you're not going to be able to do a 330 marathon. Okay. Once you get up to doing 10 at 330, you could hold the 330. But choose that, that whatever interval you want for yourself. Maybe you're, you're striving for a 415 marathon. So do a four minute, 15 second, 800, which is two laps and then one lap between and see if you can hold that pace again. Uh, most likely whatever pace that you can hold you know, anywhere from six to 10 of those intervals is the pace that you can hold for a marathon. And you know, it's been pretty darn accurate. So this is a great way to like determine what your marathon pace should be. And honestly, if you look at a lot of training programs, they will do a lot of workouts based off marathon pace or MP. So if you're not sure what that is for you, this is one way to kind of figure it out. And I'm a big advocate for doing speed work in marathon training. And they've seen, you know, as over the years that I've raced an I've seen that being a change. 
uh, that that has kind of used to be long, you know, build your mileage, that kind of thing, long and slow. It's still valuable, but they're finding that there's a lot, even from the beginning, I have some of my athletes doing speed work. So it helps uh, make you more durable. So that's something to consider. Um, all right, I'll just look at my notes, make sure I'm covering everything. Um, we could certainly cover so many things on this, but obviously making sure you have good shoes, they're not they're not dead, making sure that if you're prone to blisters that you're using the right kind of socks, and that's a whole new podcast on that. Um, um, I always highly suggest, especially if you're going into marathon training, if you don't have a GPS watch that will give you your heart rate data and your, your pacing, I highly suggest starting to use that in training and getting familiar with that. I'm also a big advocate for logging your training. I like to use training peaks. And if you're familiar with that or not familiar, they do have an app. It's what I use for training people as well. And they do have a free version and a, um, a premium version, but I think that's a great way. It's a kind of electronic log online um, and it can analyze that data. It can pair with um, Garmin Connect and some of these other uh, watches that are out there. So I think that's a good thing. Um, I did want to touch on tapering a little bit because this is kind of, you know, you'll read a lot of different things with taper. Uh, a lot of people like to say, you know, use a three-week taper. I particularly find people, well, one, when you taper, you're going to find that you get groggy. You kind of feel like, oh, and your body is used to exerting and then feeling those endorphins. But when you're tapering or you're really downsizing your training, you do still want to get the intensity. Um, you don't want to just kind of loaf around and do nothing with your training at all or just go slow miles. You want to definitely make sure that you're getting those quality miles. But the overall volume goes down. I am a believer in a 10-day to, you know, two-week taper, I find three weeks is a little tough for a lot of people. It just really depends on your build, but your volume should definitely go down over that time. And But your intensity, some of the quality of your work should go up. You definitely want that or at least maintain it for sure. Um, one other thing to touch on good shoes, uh, this could be such a dangerous thing if you do not have good shoes. Um, a lot of beginners tend to make the mistake of getting shoes that fit them exactly. Remember that your shoes will swell, your feet will swell when you run, not your shoes, but your feet. Um, and I do have a video clip on this on YouTube that talks about, you know, choosing the right kind of shoes. And you should, you want to make sure that your shoes aren't going to be dead for the race. And you want to make sure that you have time to break them in. So I'd say, you know, a month before the race, are your shoes good? And if you need new shoes, get them so you can break them in before the race. You don't want to have your first run in your shoes be the marathon. You definitely want to break them in. Sometimes it only takes a you know a week or two of walking around and, and doing some easy runs on them and uh, breaking them in. So during that taper, another thing, I know I'm sort of jumping around, but I just want to make sure we cover everything here. Um, make sure you're working on things like meditation and not only during the taper, but throughout your, your training. Uh, mental strength is, it comes into play big time, especially those last miles. Another thing that a lot of people like to do, and I like to do this for the last six miles in a marathon, I like to dedicate each mile to someone or uh, someone that has maybe inspired me or given me strength. So I, I think about that person and I kind of run that mile for them and it kind of pushes me through maybe when I don't want to push as hard as I could, I do because I'm doing it for more than just me. So I highly encourage that. Um, another thing that's really great for mental or, you know, obviously breathing and 
doing uh, visualization, but mantras. If you can have some mantras that you can kind of give yourself a phrase, like I am strong, I am capable, because those um, negative thoughts will sneak in, you know, like, oh, I can't do this. I'm so tired and uh, da, da, da. you need to have something that you can come back with. You know, you've kind of got a, an angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, right? And which one are you going to listen to? So if you have more words for that angel to say to get you through the race, like um, I'm strong, I can do this, those kind of things, that's going to help you. Um, I like the mantra and I even have hats with this on it is find your strong. I believe everyone is strong and sometimes we forget it and sometimes we need to be reminded we can find it. We can find it in ourselves. Everyone is super capable. So another thing that is really beneficial to marathon, especially marathon training, is finding a group, finding camaraderie. I offer training in groups and there's uh, different running clubs and things like that. It is so valuable to have other people not only to train with because they kind of keep you accountable and they keep you going on days maybe you would want to sleep in because it's cold or you just uh, you don't want to do it right. But, you, you know, having company and chit chatting and it can get you through a long run without, you know, it's not as hard, right? So I definitely think that helps a lot. So anyway, there are a lot, a lot of racing tips. Another, uh, t you know, we could talk about each element for so long, but uh, one thing I find uh, beginners often push it to the last minute to get anywhere. There is a window of time to get to the buses for this race. You definitely want to give yourself enough time to have everything that you need. Uh, there is usually a drop bag too, so you can wear some things to the start and have a drop bag that you can uh, throw in the truck or wherever they have it uh, before the race. So usually you're waiting around for a little while before a race begins, but uh, making sure you have, you know, you can get parked, you can get on the buses, you can get where you need to go and you're not running last minute. Just plan extra time. I'm kind of one of these anal people that's there first, you know, waiting. I'd rather be waiting for the buses to pick me up than getting on the last bus rushing. And I know sometimes things happen, but if you plan ahead, you make sure you have everything, you know, packet pickle will be the day before, come say hello, I'll be there somewhere. Um, and, you know, get everything, have everything packed in your bag, ready to go. Don't forget your running shoes. Don't forget your socks, you know, have it all in one place in one bag. Um, and then go through the scenario in your mind, like how, how you're going to pace it. What are you going to say to yourself? Um, and you should also, like I said with this training piece, document what you're doing in training like in terms of what you're wearing. You know, if I'm doing a race and it's in the 40 degrees, I can do a tank top and shorts and I'm fine. Is it going to be sunny? Do I want sunglasses? Do I want a visor? Do I want a hat? Obviously sunscreen, those kind of things. Um, making sure you're planning every element and then also having, you know, sometimes there have been cold years <laughs> in this race. And so planning for inclement weather. Races don't cancel hardly ever do races cancel. So runners run in anything. And so that's another reason why in training, if it's a crummy weather day, sometimes go out and push yourself in that really windy, you know, we have a windy run because races happen in any kind of weather. So you really kind of have to prepare yourself for that. And those hard workouts in those crummy conditions can get you stronger for the race. So I think I've covered most everything. If you have questions about marathon training, certainly um, reach out. I'm happy to give you, you know, point in the right direction, give you some advice. Um, marathon is one of those things. I remember finishing my marathon, um, I think it was back in, oh no, 97. It was a long time ago. Um, and it's just such an accomplishment. It's such a feeling 
you know, when you say I've done a marathon, that's nothing someone could ever take away from you. And it's something to really be proud of. Uh, Most people recognize that as a big accomplishment. So go for it. If you're thinking about a marathon, go for it. If you're not sure how, reach out. Uh, find things. Um, obviously, there's tons of information on training. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but these are some of the basics that will get you through to the finish. And hopefully, you've figured out your pacing and you use some of these things to get you to the finish. But hope you do it. I will be cheering for you. So um, until next time, live well. <laughs>